You're listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast, the podcast where we discuss the best and not so best books we've ever read. We're your hosts, Liv and Kim. how are you i'm doing well thanks i feel like it's so funny because i was thinking this when i i went and took remy out and i was thinking like we haven't talked at all about like i feel like when we first because we always we first meet and then we start recording but when we it's always like all business it's like okay what are we doing what is this what is this because i can't ask you what you did because then i need to hear it for the I know because we need to save it for the podcast I know it's so funny I was thinking that too because I I was gonna ask like oh what did you do this week and I'm like no I I know and then I was thinking I wonder what Kim's gonna tell me that about her week but we've already been talking for like an hour I was like this is I know it's so funny it's weird but well how was your week um it was good I mean I guess besides all the admin admin work I had to do Mm -hmm. looking for actual work (laughs) but I I guess over the weekend okay so this is kind of funny um I don't know if I actually talked about this on like previous episodes but I met a couple well me and my boyfriend met a couple from Canada oh guess where they're from they're not from Calgary are they they're from Edmonton oh like how crazy is that and I haven't met any Canadians like during this trip at all so it was very weird because I'm in a couple expat groups on Facebook just to meet people. And I wrote in a group like, hey, if anyone's living in Seville, let me know. And this girl responded and she's like, I'm actually from Edmonton because I wrote in the thing. I'm from Calgary, Canada. She's like, I'm from Edmonton. Like me and my partner are here or whatever. So we met up with them. For the second time, we had already met them before, but we met up with them over the weekend. We went to a flamenco show. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was really cool. There's these little bars that they have. It kind of reminds me of like, um, I guess back in Canada, we have breweries like Cold Garden, open place, but they have an inside place as well. A lot of like big tables. You can just go up to the bar, grab a drink and then sit down. And then there's like a flamenco show. And it was, it was super cool because I hadn't, I've seen like some flamenco because people do it on the street, but these ones, I guess, are every hour. So at this venue, they do it every hour and it was very like passionate, but you're not allowed to film or anything. So it's like very exclusive. So that was fun. And then we went and got like some tapas and stuff after, but yeah, it was, it's kind of nice to meet people. Like I've met a lot of people from like different countries while I've been here, but they were the first Canadian couple we met. So we're kind of chatting about our trip and like our experience here. Cause they've been here a little longer than us. And it's funny because we used an agency to come to Spain, well, to get our visa. It's called Step Abroad, shout out Step Abroad. <laughs> sponsor us just kidding um but they so yeah we use that agency and then I asked them I was like did you use like an agency to get here to get your visa and they're like yeah we used step abroad and it was just funny because we were talking about that experience um because we had the same woman that helped both of us oh my god that's it's so yeah we were talking about like all the things that well, we wouldn't be here if we didn't use that service because the paperwork was like just so much paperwork. And I'm actually happy they helped us navigate, navigate the paperwork and whatever. But but it was nice to meet people that were actually from Canada. So, yeah, that was like the biggest thing I did this weekend. Um, That's how fun. You? How about you? I like a flamenco show. That sounds really, that sounds like I know. It, something it's that, very, yeah. It sounds like something that, you would you would expect from Spain but then you know when you go yeah. places, you think something's gonna happen and then they're like no you idiots we don't actually do that yeah like that's just a yeah, westernized version, like, idea of what we do and then you go and then like no we actually do that like bullfighting like they actually do that yes they actually do that and like I'm kind of like 
you know, there's ethics around bullfighting and whatnot. So I was kind of teetering between like, do I want to actually go to one? But then I realized like in Calgary, we have the Calgary Stampede every year. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it is not that different. No. So I should probably go while I'm in Spain. Just to, you know, experience it. Just to see it. And the venues are like super beautiful. I've like walked past a couple bull rings. I don't mm-hmm. know what they call them actually. Bull ring venues. Bull ring venues. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I think they call it like Toro or something. Um but yeah, they look a super bull ring. Cool. That's what it's called. Oh, it's literally okay. I yeah. Bullring. Okay. A bullring. They do look really pretty. Yes, they are very nice. Like I in Barcelona, I walked by one and I was like, whoa, what is that building? And then I Googled it and it was a bullring. And I was like, okay, cool. So yeah. Plaza de Toros. Oh, yes. I was like, Toro. I think I think that's like a bull. Toro. Yeah, Toro is, I think, bull. Okay. Learning all the animals in Spanish. Look at us. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking up ones in Seville, and there it's it's very nice. It's right by the river. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've walked by that a few times actually. I think that I think they also host like theater events there too. It's close to the Universidad. Mm, see, see. Yes, I have walked by there. Actually, f- another funny tangent story just to stray off our topic but I never see rats because in Alberta we are like the one place that's like rat banned in the world rat I think free literally... baby yeah and yeah. thank goodness because they're so scary I was walking by that river by the Universidad and I saw like 20 rats ew huge because I was and, and mind you I wasn't by the river I was like on the bridge above the river and I was looking down because there was like a swan in the river I'm like oh that's so beautiful and then I saw also like 20 rats like just Ugh. going in and out of the water and they were huge like I could see them they were like cats it was scary no I'm not interested no so yeah. that's one thing I miss about Alberta no rats yeah we don't have those there no, not even as no. pets. I don't even think you can get them as a pet or like. No, you a... legally can't. Oh, legally, really? I don't think you're legally allowed to own them. I know. Oh my gosh, I think that's a good thing because, like, I've seen them and they're like they could be cute. I maybe like ratatouille. Sure. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not a, a fan of rats. I did actually see another one when I was at a bar here. So this like language exchange talking to someone and this huge thing like ran by. I just assumed it was like a cat. <gasps> and then a cat? that's how big it was. Yes. It was oh. it looked like a raccoon or a kit, like not even a kitten. Like it was huge. And then it was like in my peripherals. And then the waiter of the bar or like the bartender, I don't know, but he was like taking out taking the chairs out down because it was pretty late. And he's like Ratta, ratta, ratta. And I was like, ah, no, because it was stuck in, it wasn't stuck, but it crawled in like the flower pot. <gasps> oh. Yeah. So, Gross. some culture shocks, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. But whatever. We're dealing with it. Yeah. We're Gross. adjusting. Yeah. Ew. Um, but yeah, how's your weekend? <laughs> um, my week slash weekend was good. Over the weekend, I had a conference for school, um, which was fun. It was good. It was a long day. It was like I had to be there like 8, 15 until it ended at 4. I left early to pick up Remy because the daycare closed at 4, so I had to pick him up. And then we like went out for like everyone after the conference like went out for dinner and we went out for drinks and stuff. So it was a very long day. Then Sunday, I was just a dead person. And then um, otherwise, I've just really been doing like sc- like a lot of schoolwork. I had marking and um, we had like a lab meeting yesterday and stuff. So it was mostly just that. Um, trying, I tried very hard to get all of my January goals done and I did all of them. <gasps> really? Oh, my reading goals um... and my running goal and my other goals that I had. So 
Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. That is, that's great. We love to hear some goals that are being accomplished. Yeah. It was a good January for me. Oh yeah. I guess many, February 1st. Or, oh yeah. Yeah. Today is February 1st. You probably right. won't hear this podcast until. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. A long time from now. Yeah, that gives like context. Yeah. So that's our January. How many books did you plan to read in January? I tried to, I read five. Five was my goal and I read five. Oh my God. Good for you. I know. Thank you. I wanted to read five as well. I think I'm just going to count the book I'm reading right now as my fifth one because I have like less than an hour left to read it. And it's pretty much, but it doesn't fit the color scheme of my January book. Oh no. I don't know if I can count it or if I should. It's kind of like February. It is February. What are what are you reading right now, Kim? Well, I guess I should tell everyone. <laughs> so I'm reading The Idiot. I'm almost done. Um, I love it. It's so funny. It's so and funny. And it's funny in like the most dry humor way. I think um, Selin, the main mm-hmm. character, she's one of those people that doesn't know she's funny. No, no. Like, if I yeah. knew her in real life, I'd be like, you're actually hilarious. Like, you're just so... Or I don't know, would I like her or would I be like, hey, you're an idiot? <laughs> like, the title says, no, she is going to Harvard, so she's obviously smart, but... Yeah, no, she's she's really cute. I I really like that book. Yes, I love it. Yeah. And, like, oh, the relationship with her and Ivan, I'm like... I know! seem so close but I don't know I'm like it's like a weird romance that I'm like oh will they fall in love but I don't know yeah it's very like of being 18 like yes 19 like it's so reminiscent of being that age yeah yeah and like especially in the night like I can't imagine I feel so like millennial saying this but I can't imagine like emailing someone you are like romantically involved with yeah like that's your communication yeah or like because I, I I go to a computer like you don't have yes. to like go to a computer I know right and then like finding a phone even because I remember when I was young and I would call my friends like to to just chat on the phone like I remember that or you'd have to call their house and be like hi yeah. can I talk to my friend <laughs> like before area codes even existed yes oh my gosh that's yeah So it makes me like reminiscent of that time because you'd get anxiety about like calling your friend for the first time. Like what are who's going to pick up their parents or like a sibling. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's really cute. I want more books from the 90s. I want more books without cell phones. I know I kind of get like turned off when like I don't know if you ever read Seven Days in June. No, that's on my list because everyone keeps saying it's really good, but I know that's a book you didn't really like. No, because it was, it was like, it was set in modern day, like, like this year, like it was set in like 2019, like it was set in that year, but it was so over the top trying to be current that it was like, they, she, just used so many like weird lingo and it felt like they they were trying really hard to make it obvious that it was this year or not this year I don't know when it came out like two years ago or something but it was just like the ways that they talked about things and they talked about TikTok and she has a daughter and her daughter was always like talking like you would think that a Gen X Mm -hmm. talks but like no one actually talks like that like it was I had a really hard time. The story was really beautiful, but I had a really hard, like I was cringing at times with the writing. <sighs> so like books like that really bother me. Well, especially since like trends are so quick nowadays. Especially yeah, it was already dated. Trends. Yeah, like it I, It feels so dated when, if you read it. Maybe if I read it now, I'd be like, oh, that's like, they'd probably be like doing the whip. I don't know what was like cool back then. Back it, then. Was, it was cringy just the way that it was written. Yeah, I feel like I miss books that, I miss books. Well, I like books. I think that's why I like The Idiot so much because it was 
written recently mm-hmm. but it has that nostalgia feeling like I think maybe in 20 years if we read about this like TikTok age kind of like big social media hype age and like reflect on like cringy trends of the past I think that'll be cool but mm-hmm. when things are too current it just yeah like that have you watched the movie Glass Onion on Netflix with like every yes every celebrity I, that exists yeah like I thought it was it wasn't bad because I think the actors are really good but I kind of hated how it was so like during COVID times like it was like every single thing like there's that mask thing well I mean that that's a pretty big oh yeah I don't know it's just like very obvious that it was made in that time and they wanted to like really show the pandemic I guess yeah I guess that's the whole premise of the movie but it's too current yeah no yeah glass onion was weird I liked it but I didn't love it I liked it yeah I feel like it would have been like if they just took out this the whole pandemic stuff and just made it like an Agatha Christie mystery type thing island with those actors amazing but weird current stuff that was like kind of cringe whatever yeah it was a little cringe Mm -hmm. why is that why do we why I don't there's just yeah why I don't know because even I I watched like what's that other uh 13 going on to 30 no 13 to 30 with Jennifer Gardner Gardner oh I love that movie yeah it's so good and I remember watching it at that time and it was like so current of of that time like when she's actually 30 Mm -hmm. and it was really good but maybe because I was really young but you watch it again like I watched it recently and I'm like oh this is so reminiscent of that time and whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I think because we have so much stuff like, going quickly being pushed out, it just is so cringy because trends move so quick now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's a good book. I'm excited for you to finish it. Excited to talk about it. I know. I'm excited to talk about it with you. I am. I just So I just finished a book last night. Yes. I started a new book last night. So okay. I don't know about you, but if I finish a book, I have to start a new one immediately. Yeah. Like I always have to have one going. So even if I read like 10 pages mm-hmm. of, the, of the next book, but I finished Butter Honey Pig Bread, which I think the last episode or one of the last episodes I was talking about starting it. Yes. I don't know if we'll ever do an episode on this. I gave it a three out of five. I wasn't okay. blown away by it. Not the best book you've ever read. Not the best book I've ever read. Definitely not the best book I've ever read. I think it's worth reading. Definitely worth reading. It obviously is very well rated and and has won. It won the Globe and Mail best book. And then it's it long listed for the Giller Prize. And it was a beautiful story. And I think it was very cool to see immigrant stories. And it's basically about a Nigerian family and two girls and their twins and then their mom. And you kind of go through each character. But I just felt like one character was developed a lot. Her character was way overdeveloped. And then the other two characters were not developed as much, but not because they shouldn't have been. Like they Mm. were given equal weight in the story. But then when you would go to one of the other characters, it would be like, what? Why is this? I think that's what kind of bothered me is that I would get to one of the chapters about another character and I'd be like no I don't care about this character even though they're supposed to be like an equal weight maybe expand on those characters as much which mm-hmm. might have just been the purpose of the book and and the goal of the book but yeah I didn't yeah for that reason I think I still think it's worth it and then Sally Rooney Beautiful World Where Are You which we got a scathing review from Kim Room Re- yeah <laughs> yeah but I'm I... reading it so that we can talk about it Oh my um, god. Okay. Initial thoughts. I read the first two chapters, which one was like a descriptive chapter and another one was an email. So if the emails continue to be like three pages long talking about nothing, I can definitely see what you what you mean. Mm-hmm. And just like even the first chapter was very descriptive, like in in kind of a brilliant way. But then also like I was like, okay. Do you find that the writing is a bit more different than her previous books like I feel it's descriptive in an audio description way like a like CCTV type not Mm. CCTV audio 
yeah description I don't know yet I think I have to read more yeah I'm all I've only read like 20 pages okay we'll we'll revisit it I feel Uh, like some parts that book is just so dense too like I was I read it on my Kobo but some of the pages it's like end-to-end words like it there's not even an indent or a line break or anything yeah I see what you mean I'm like holy oh my eyes yeah yeah anyways so I'm gonna read that we'll see okay I'm gonna try to whip through it so that I don't have to read it for very long but we'll see I hope you really like it so that we can fight (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know I hope you actually no it'll be interesting either way because I have so much to say about that book yeah okay should we get started yeah okay. okay yeah we should what book are we reviewing this week uh, so this week we are reviewing Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Which has the most beautiful cover. Yes, like actually any book. It is gorgeous. I feel like people are going to be creating like merch and like I've already seen so many like bookmarks and whatnot from this cover. And also the special edition cover is insane. I actually want to buy that one somehow. Oh, that the sparkly one that you were tasting? Yeah, it's like, like the waves are like holographic or something. I don't know. That's very fun. It looks beautiful. So I don't really buy a lot of books, which is funny because I have like a book page, but this is a book I actually want to buy I like buying used books, I should say, Mm -hmm. but this is like a new book where I'm like, okay, I want this on my shelf. I need this in my collection. Yeah. I also don't buy a lot of books. And if I do, they are, yeah, used or secondhand or Mm -hmm. value village. Yes. I feel like you won't be able to find this book in a value village. Mm, Probably not for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe when it becomes like paperback or something or a movie. Yeah, a movie. Oh, it's 100% going to be a TV show or a movie. Yes, I could totally see that. It's become so popular, actually. I feel like it's been on so many, I think it was on Jimmy Fallon's reading list or something, like some late night show host reading list. Wow. It's everywhere. And I remember before I even read it, I was like, okay, I feel like I should actually read this book because it's everywhere. Wow. Okay, so we're going to give a little bio on Gabrielle Zevin. She is an American author and a screenwriter. She was born in New York City. Her father was born in America, but he has Ashkenazi Jew, Russian, Lithuanian, and Polish ancestry. And then her mom is Korean and moved to Canada when she was nine. So she's half Korean, half East European. Yeah, okay. And her parents met... In high school in Connecticut, which is kind of fun. Oh, that's cute. She grew up in Florida and then she went to Harvard where she studied English with a concentration in American literature. So our girl has a Harvard University degree. Man, I feel like I've been reading so many books with Harvard people. I know. Harvard Harvard alums. Well, they're even, they're in Boston. Oh, well, that makes sense as to why they're in Boston in the book, because she went to Harvard. Yeah. Okay, because Sam goes to, like, our character Sam in the book goes to Harvard, I believe. Yeah, yeah. and then our Sadie. other goes to MIT. I want to go there. Like, it's I know wonderful. You oh, I need to go there, because I feel like everyone that's gone to Boston is like, oh, it's just, it is. Like it's, it's a different crazy. world from what I've experienced in my little Canadian hole. <laughs> completely different so yeah Yeah, east coast of the states is just so old well i mean it's not old and obviously like it's not their land but it's very old like yeah america yes north america so it was it's very cool to go see um just how like how much history is there even if it's Mm -hmm. problematic history it's still history which i guess all problematic still happened i guess (laughs) yeah but she has written quite a few books tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow i believe was her 10th book that she's written she's like a seasoned author she's a seasoned author she has five novels for young readers like young adult fiction and then she has five adult fiction books so one of her very famous young adult novels is called elsewhere 
Mm-hmm. And it was chosen as an American Library Association notable children's book. It was nominated for the Quill Award and it won the Borders Original Voices Award and was a selection of the Barnes & Noble Book Club. It also made the Carnegie Long List. And it's been translated into 25 languages. Elsewhere wow. was one of my favorite books as a as a teenager. And I talked about this on a previous podcast, but it was it was like it's so good. I would recommend it to anyone to just read it again. I want to read it again because it's so good. She's been nominated for three Goodreads Choice Awards 2014 for the storied life of AJ Fickery, the 2017 for Young Jane Young, and then 2022, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And she won this year, but she did not win the other years. She's a little prolific author. Yeah, she's good, it seems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she is because I love this book. So, yes. Confirmed. Yeah. Based on this one. I wonder so, if this is like her most popular, like in mainstream media. But I guess it's um, easier for books to be popular in mainstream media now because of Instagram and whatnot, social media. Yeah, I think that like the story life of AJ Fickery, I think that was a big book in the literary like mm-hmm. world, but it was in 2017, which was before like book talk and stuff. Right. Other than I think like book talk, book talk and bookstagram blew this book up, which it's doing with so many other books, which is pretty cool. Well, yeah. you know what's okay? Fun fun fact. I don't actually know if it's a fact, but I saw an article and apparently um like they're opening 30 or something Barnes and Noble stores in the states that were previously like Amazon stores or like Amazon oh. like owned by Amazon stores. I don't know, like those Amazon grocery stores and stuff. Oh yeah. So they're actually reopening a bunch of brick and mortar Barnes wow. and Nobles. Yeah. Because how popular reading has become during the social media age, I guess, because of like book talk and stuff. So that's really cool. That is very it's cool. Cool to see so many people reading more. But um, support your local bookstore, support your local library. Yes, but yes, I cannot access to shout out the locals, mm-hmm. the local bookstores, libraries, because yeah, I think those as much as you can should support those, of course, yeah. because yeah, in the I'm long sure. run, it's a lot better. Okay, what did you rate tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow? Um, I rated it a five. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but now I, but that was like my Goodreads rating. I think if I could rate it like with portioned stars, it may be like 4.5 to 4.75. Just because, of course, the video game part, as much as I thought it was like a really good way to convey a story, I didn't understand much of it. Yes. Yeah. How about I- you? What did you rate it? I rated it a four on Goodreads, but I gave, yeah, in my like ability to give it more, I give it 4.5 because okay, it was yeah. almost perfect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the video game stuff sometimes took it away from me. Not to say that I think that it should have been anything else because I think that it was perfect the way it was, just not necessarily mm-hmm. for me because I'm not a video game person. Like, yes, but I don't wish it was any different. I just think that if I was a video game person, I would have given it more stars. Yeah, like a six. Yeah, maybe literally. Because yeah. <laughs> I could see if you played a lot of the video games, like I've played some of them, but if you played a lot of them, you could be like, oh my gosh, wow. Or if you're an actual developer or something. Yeah. So we said that it did get the Goodreads Choice Award. It was winner mm-hmm. for Best Fiction last year. And it got a 4.33 with 173,171 ratings. Whoa. So definitely did very well 51 percent of the ratings are five star that is a really good rating as i've said i think a million times anything over a four on goodreads i feel like is usually a pretty good book there's like some exceptions of course but yeah i feel like anything that gets over a four and like a 4.3 that's it's almost a 4.5 which is almost a five so yeah i wanted to just do like a quick overview because I saw a, f- it's not a funny quote, but I think we should read it just for podcast sake. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was just doing it or reading the overview of the story just to obviously remember what happened. But in this summary that I read, it says, a unique book that immerses readers into the world of video games and storytelling. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow has been hailed by critics with author John Green calling it one of the best books I've ever read. (laughs) So I'm like, yep, 
he said it. He said it first, first. and we're saying it here, second and third. <laughs> yeah, John Green really stole our podcast name. If he ever listens to this podcast, I will. Yeah, John, if you're ever listening, feel free to be a, a host with us. Yeah, you can come join us. We'll interview you. Yeah, we'll do a little interview. I'm we a can big be... fan of your books. Yeah. I haven't read one in a while, but. Me either. He came out with a new one recently. Um, yeah, he came out with the Anthropocene Reviewed. Yes, yes. Which was a bunch of essays but the planet i got it from the library and then i had too many books from the library and mm. couldn't finish them all in time and that one was on like a like i couldn't renew it i had to return oh yeah old. so i didn't get to that one so i had it in my possession at one point and then i didn't have time to read it so mm. unfortunately i didn't but happens it happens to the best of us yeah, what are your general thoughts on this? Well, I, okay, well, I obviously thought the book was really good. Well, why I thought it was really good is because even though it used something like video games to, like, tell a story, it's a lot more than video games. Like, the just the way it was written in terms of character development, like, you see these characters develop, especially Sam and Sadie, they develop for such a long time, really. Like, you follow them throughout their childhood, teen years. Like, actually throughout pretty much their whole life, except for, obviously, after book ends. Yeah. But I think it's cool because Sam and Sadie have such a unique relationship. And I like how it begins with them being friends, and then they have a lot of falling out. Like, they have a really unique friendship in a sense where they don't have much in common, except for the fact that they're in a hospital, but then they realize like video games is their one thing that they both love. And then they have a falling out because Sadie is you not using Sam for volunteer hours, but it turns out to be that way. No, she was like, well, she was just like going in because her sister was sick. So she was in the hospital and then she went and like talked to this boy because she was bored. And she was like, I want to mm-hmm. play video games. And then he, did the nurse say something to her or something about like, you could use these for your volunteer hours for work? Yeah, it was for her bot mitzvah. Oh, for her bot mitzvah. Right. Yeah, she needed like uh, volunteer hours. I believe that's something you need for your bot mitzvah. So she needed volunteer hours and then she uh, ended up exceeding them by a lot. Like, yes, over like 300 hours. Yeah. And then she won an award. So then when Sam finds out about this, he's like, kind of, well, not kind of upset. He like cuts off the relationship completely. Like you used me so that you can get this award to be this like outstanding citizen when I thought you were just my friend. Like our friendship was just transactional. Which was sad because it was and it wasn't. And she was also like 12 I know it's like you're so young yeah and I can definitely I understand Sam's perspective so well but I also understand Sadie's perspective of being like I didn't I don't know I just did it because my family said I should and that's like the beginning of it because it makes you almost see these characters because obviously they don't make the best decisions and you don't really like the characters necessarily like you don't love them well I didn't love them because you see a lot of their flaws but I think that's what makes it such a good book because you get to know the characters so well okay this obviously there's spoilers coming so I'm just gonna just gonna go with the spoilers spoilers are happening now (laughs) but even when they're talking about Sam in the hospital and his foot is injured and you're like okay well what happened like there's actually like quite a build-up to that and it Mm -hmm. I I was like, okay, I need to keep reading because I need to figure out what happened. You keep reading the book and you're like, okay, Sam's mom is not here anymore. What happened? Yeah. And you're like, okay, then you kind of suspect, okay, something bad happened. And then they start talking about driving and secret highways. And then it finally comes to the part where Sam's mom like passes away in this car accident that has left Sam. Ugh. And Sam's mom is named Anna Lee. And mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool how there were so many Anna Lee characters in the book that they kept meeting. Yes. <clears throat> that were also um, Asian. Yes. Asian American. And I thought that was a really good, I, I don't know the word for it. Like, it's an like, interesting connection how there was the Annalie that fell, not fell, but like committed suicide. Like she jumped off the yeah, building and they to... witnessed it. Yeah, they didn't she land like right at the feet? Yes. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of similar to a video game. There was like a lot of layering of the story. Yes. Yes. And 
a lot of foreshadowing to things, but in a way that like you knew that it was important. Whether sometimes things are foreshadowed to you in a book and you don't really realize that they're being foreshadowed until you get to the part that has Mm -hmm. been foreshadowed. But in this book, like I remember there was a part where they did like a little interview and it was a very it was pretty early on in the book of when like when Unfair Games first started, which is their company. Mm And then there was an interview like later and it was like much later after Sam and Sadie had had another falling out much later over one of the games that they made. And it was like, oh, is that what he's calling himself now? Like Sadie was like, you knew that something really bad happened to make them not Mm -hmm. be friends anymore. But it was planted in the middle of the part where they were talking about how they're such good friends. Yes, yes. So it was just like things like that constantly, like mm-hmm. constantly. I bet you if we read it again, you'd find so many more of them. Too. Yeah, especially knowing, I guess, what's coming up, right? Well, that was something so clever about this book. And I think that's why so many people like it is it seems like one of those contemporary classics that a lot of people will keep reading because it's so and I think we well, we did talk about this at the beginning, but like, because it's a time piece where it goes through so many decades, there's no weird trends that are like current that you're like, I also really liked it because there was a love story in there. But I think more of a realistic love story where like you have a connection to someone and it's just never the right time. And so it never happens. Because like Sam and Sadie obviously never end up together. But it's Mm -hmm. obvious that Sam is in love with Sadie the whole time. But because of their relationship and their work relationship, and honestly, just because of miscommunication, like Sam's just pretty shitty at communicating. I think that's Mm -hmm. another part of this is like, if they just communicated with each other, which is the topic of so many books, it's also just the topic of like life. Yes. Like that happens in real life so much. If they just communicated, there wouldn't be these issues. But it was such like a human telling of a story because when you're reading Sadie's part, you're so mad at Sam. And it's like, no, like, mm, I understand why Sadie's mad and get wrapped up in her story. But then you go and read Sam's part. And you're like, oh, but Sadie, but did you know that this is what's happening? And like, I know, like, can you can you see the signs? Like, yeah, yeah. but you can't like, and that just speaks, I think, so much to being a human of like, you can only ever know one side completely and that's your own and like Mm -hmm. the way that she wrote it was just so so well done in that way and like you said like you don't really love the characters but I kind of appreciate books where you don't love the characters because that's where like I think the most character development happens and the ones that feel the most influential yeah it was just so good and I love how or there's I guess there's kind of four main characters but like the three Sadie Sam and then Marks. Mm-hmm. I love the addition the of Marks. Dove. Dove. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I think Dove is also necessary because so Sadie starts dating one of her professors. Yes. Which is um, awesome. so which is like wrong on some. It was just so like so wrong, and I was like, oh, and and you find out pretty early on in the book, and I'm like, oh, I feel like this is gonna be not good. Yeah, but I think and it's... one of her idols because he's a video yes. game developer, and he developed one of her favorite video games. And he's like so much, he's in his 30s and she's like 18. It's just, yeah, it's very icky. Yeah. And usually like, okay, well, I am i didn't read it and I was like, oh, okay, I understand. But usually when I read books where this happens, I'm like, oh, okay, this is obviously really bad. But it was interesting in this book because even though it was like clearly not an ethical situation at all, so much of their careers, I guess, flourished because of it, which is shitty. But also, I this happens a lot in life. Yeah. And it's just so it was just so realistic. I think it was a realistic testament to like a toxic relationship where yeah, it doesn't end well, usually. And usually there's a lot of back and forth, like you kind of break up and Dov is married and Mm -hmm. has a wife back home and he keeps telling Sadie like oh we're ending it and it keeps going back and forth and then they finally do but it's still a toxic relationship because he obviously has power over her in that sense but it almost seems like in the book he genuinely was like also enamored by Sadie and that Mm -hmm. also because he was just so impressed by how smart she was and knowledgeable on like just how brilliant she was as like a person yeah and I feel like that does happen a lot. I think not to condone any relationship like this, but you kind of see it from Dov's side, mm-hmm. which I don't want to do. But realistically, yeah, he has a he does love Sadie, it seems, mm-hmm. but in just such a toxic and horrible way. Yeah. And he writes, okay, so apparently these there are these things 
that like run your video game so you can like create a video game but you need something to what is that called I feel like it's like a yeah, like a yeah, that was like one part that lost me. I was like, he had one that he had designed, and Sadie mm-hmm. was his, but then he was like, in order to be a good video game manufacturer, you need to create your own, and mm-hmm. then that pushed her to make her own, which then made Ichigo the like the big game that they made work. Also, I want to play Ichigo. I know. That I was like, oh, is this a real game? That's one thing that I was annoyed with. It was like, I want to play these games. Oh my god. What if instead of a movie, they make a video game on this? Or oh. like, a, oh, you know what? Oh my gosh. We need to trademark this. Just kidding. They probably already have this in the works. But what if they made like, kind of like The Last of Us? Yeah. That was a video game and then they made it into a movie? Or also filmed in our hometown, Calgary. Yep. Shout out. I've been telling everyone that. I'm like, oh, many. I saw the seas. I was there. Yeah. There's the part where it goes over the Fourth Street flyover. And I was like, I used to live there. Like, I used to live in Bridgeland. I was like, what? So, oh my God. I'm, I need to watch it. I'm so excited to watch it because I still have like pictures on my phone of when they were filming in Calgary because I live downtown. Yeah. And it was everywhere. Like, so many roads were closed. Anyways. Anyways, in video game talk. But I feel like they should do that for this book. That would be a really good I feel like they would. What did you think about the structure of the book? Like the way that they were bigger chapters and then smaller chapters within the bigger chapters. Oh, I feel like maybe since I read it on an e-reader, it would be different because it's like Mm. hard to... That's like one thing thing I don't like about e-readers because you're just like reading, reading, reading. But I think that was one part I didn't love. Just because I'm just so bad at... I like when books are in, like, succinct chapters. Mm-hmm. When it's, like, chapter one, chapter two. But I feel like for this story, it was necessary because there's so much back and forth between dates. Like, you're going from the span of, like, what, 30, 40 years? I think it works for this book, but it made the book... I don't know. Was I having trouble keeping track? I don't think I was having trouble keeping track, but there was a lot of times where I had to backtrack to be like, okay, where am I? Like, what time period is this? Yeah. But I feel like on a physical book, it would have made more sense. But like, what do you think about it? I liked it. I did think the book was slightly long. Yes. That is a critique that Mm. I have. But I think that the way... Especially there was a chapter, chapter four, which is both sides, where she did Mm. like chapter 1A, 1B, 2A, 2B. Oh, and I just realized that. Okay. It was like, it was like the opposite side of the story. I, I, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. This might be wrong. I think it was Sam and then Sadie and then Sam and then Sadie. So it was like the chapter... I think it was like that period of time and like what they were doing at the same time. Oh, that, I you know what? And that's kind of like was. a video game because there's some games where you could like do one side and then the other side. Well, that's where the her idea for the video game came then. That one where there she's in both universes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think one of the absolute, like the brilliance of this book is the fact that not only did she write a book, she made video games. Like she made stories for video games. Yes. Which is insane. But. I know. I think that's like one thing when an author can, I think we said this about Taylor Jenkins Reid too, when you can create a new world and also write a book that has the world in it or whatever, that's that's a lot of organization and that's like just so smart. Yeah. So brilliant. It's so brilliant. I don't understand how people do that. I know. I like writing a book on its own seems very difficult like a big project mm-hmm. especially a book this long yeah like it's 400 and some pages which is actually quite an awkward length for a book yeah it's long I feel like they're usually like 300 to 350 or 700 <laughs> I don't think I've ever read a book aside from this one that was like 400 pages ish 500 yeah it was 397 okay but yeah, yeah it was a little long I also read it over Christmas, but it was like I started it in Kingston and I finished it in Calgary. And when I finished it, when I was at home in Calgary, it was hard to find time to read because you're just so busy with like family and and visiting and stuff. So 
and my routine was all thrown off. So I think I took longer than I would normally would to read it anyways, because there were days where I wasn't reading, mm-hmm. which is very normal for me. So I think that that kind of might have made it seem long to me because, yeah, I wasn't consistently reading it. And so I would come back into it and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's true. That's that's also probably my fault. Yeah, I had to read this book really fast because I had it like on a library loan and I only started reading it when I had six days left, I think. So I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, I need to read this quick and then I didn't I because you're reading it on an ebook you don't realize how long it is but then it said like page one out of 800 I was like ah! <laughs> oh my gosh how long is this book in real life yeah okay there's like one part in the book that I really want to discuss because I feel like especially when I was reading Goodreads reviews it was very controversial a lot of people it was like the factor where it was like a People didn't like it because of this part, but Whoa, the part, I that. yeah, when I was reading Goodreads reviews, I was like, oh, shoot. Well, and it was before I read the book, so it kind of spoiled it for me, unfortunately, but I didn't know when it was going to happen, but there's a shooting that happens in yes. the story. So back, well, I guess close to the, closer the to the end. Yeah, it's close to the end when like Sadie and Marks are already together because they end up getting together. They fall in love. And yeah, they end up getting together. They fall in love. And they then Marks. Yeah, like they just bought a house. They're full on together. I don't know if they actually get married though. And now I'm kind of like my mind slipping on that part. I don't remember if they get married, but they're definitely like together yes and I think Sam because he was like pretty gutted about it initially I think that this is when he starts to accept it at this point he's like kind of accepted it already yeah Marks is like the CEO of the company the video game company platform that they all own Mm -hmm. and he's doing all the back-end stuff so he does all of like the admin stuff that the developers obviously don't worry about Mm -hmm. And I feel like Marx is just like such a, out of all of the characters, he seems like the most lovable one in a sense. Yes. Because he's just, he's that guy that's really into theater, not secretly, but like he's just really talented. Both Sam and Sadie love him. Mm. Well, Sam and Marx are like roommates in college and then... Sadie obviously falls in love with him. So he's just like, I think, one of the most lovable characters. Oh, gosh. Okay. So when this happens, it's like, oh, of course you had to do this to this guy. But what happens is there's a bit of, I guess, controversy with one of the video games that they produced. It's not called Maple Story. It's called like... Maple Town. Maple Town. Okay. Because I remember it was like, this is a video game that has a similar name to a real video game in real life. Oh, really? Yeah, Maple Story is like, yeah, Maple Story is a bit, it's like an RRPG game. I don't know. Which I'm thinking she, maybe the author named it Maple Town because Maple Story is, oh my gosh, now I'm getting, it's called Maple Town in the book, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> getting it mixed up. Um, so Maple Story in the book, that is not like Sam. It has I guess allowed characters in the book to have same-sex marriages yes and this in I guess if we're like reference point of time this is in like the early 2000s I believe so this is not when gay marriage is legalized um, in North America in many places and there's still a lot of stigma I mean there still is today but even more so back then mm-hmm. Also, Sam, at this point in the story, is very open with his, like, liberal views. Yes. I feel like he's a lot more political. He's trying to make a name for himself in that sense. Yeah. That's, like, one of the character development parts is he's very liberal and he's very open about it. Yeah, and so, he wants to put that into his video games. Yes, yeah. yes. So he makes same-sex 
marriage legal within this video game and of course receive some backlash but you don't realize how I guess severe it is until there's one part in the book where these two two teenage boys come storming in to the office and they're looking for Sam and yeah. they're holding guns like they're threatening to shoot Sam because they're so mad at the fact that he made same-sex marriage legal and then what ends up happening is Mark's is he's just trying to diffuse the situation until they can figure out what's happening they're trying to evacuate all the staff and whatnot and Sam's actually not even there because he's with Sadie at a conference and this is when Sadie and Sam I believe like have just kind of made up yeah because I believe they had a falling out because of the Marks and Sadie relationship and they've just started to make amends of course when Sam's not even there Mark's like trying to diffuse the situation and they're threatening him and anyways they shoot him Mm -hmm. and you kind of have like a glimmer of hope that he'll survive this and he doesn't which is horrible but I did like how the author wrote that part where he's in a coma yes and he kind of can like hear everything that's going on he's going back to his life like he's doing they're doing a lot of flashbacks to his life and stuff so I do think it's like I see why people think that's such a controversial thing but at the same time video games were blamed for school shootings like notoriously like yes when I studied it in school I think we did because I did crime and deviance sociology in university but we did a lot of studies around why people do school shootings and like what type of person does that so I did think it was I, th- I thought it was really important to include that because school shootings are a huge issue right now especially in the United States, whether video games are the root or the cause, or I think it's really important to bring that up, especially in a book that's about video games. Yeah. I mean, I think that, sorry, I looked in the book. It's called Maple World. But oh, Maple Town World. is the town. Right. So, okay. Maple World, Maple Town. The game is called yes. Maple World, but then there's Maple Town and yes. Sam okay. is the mayor. They like make a mayor major. Right. And so they the boys want to see Sam because he's like the mayor of the town. Um, mm-hmm. And they don't believe Marks when he's saying like, that's, I'm not Sam and he's mm-hmm. not here. I don't know. I think the shooting was like, it was definitely devastating. It was not where I saw the book going at all, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's that crazy. Yeah. It's like, I don't, and I, I don't know. We, I can't speak to people who live in the States, but being a Canadian, when we talk about gun laws in the States, we're like, you're idiots. Like, and yeah. I know that like 90% of the country or whatever wants to have more gun laws and it's it's like so much more complicated than that. But to me, it's like, yeah, obviously that's in that book, but not obviously that's in that book, but like it's not that weird because that is something that absolutely could happen. Yeah. And so it was devastating, but it was, I think it made sense that it was in the book. Yeah. I agree. I think it made sense. And I think it's something, I don't know, I thought it was something that almost needed to be said, especially in that time period. And with video games in that era, that was a really big thing in like social commentary. And that was happening in the early 2000s. So I don't know, I think it was like a necessary thing. Not okay, I shouldn't say necessary. Of course, like the author could have written it about whatever. But I think it was important to bring up and I, I haven't read a lot of books that actually cover like mass shootings. I yeah. feel like a lot of people are too scared to bring up the reality of it because yeah, it is it's horrible. Yeah. And I think it was brought up in a very actually to go off of that, I think the author brought up a lot of topics in a very like unfiltered <sighs> way. Yeah. There's so many topics in this book where you you would read it and you're like, oh you're you're just adding this into the book to be woke. This was not necessary, especially in a book about video games. I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, we're going to add an LGBTQ trope Mm -hmm. and just to, you know, just add it. But I think the way it was written, especially with it's just a little bit. It's not the whole part of the story, but there's some things that are added that are like, okay, I think this is really important, especially for the time period, because these things weren't really like, like woke culture, I guess you could put in quotes, was not something that was talked about until recently. It feels like, like it wasn't as open. So I think the author did a really good job of like bringing up topics without putting it, without making it like the obvious storyline. 
Yeah. And, and it was happening. Like, it's not like that, like those conversations weren't happening. Mm-hmm. Like Canada legalized gay marriage in 2005 and the States didn't do it until what, like 2014? Yeah. 2012, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's not like it wasn't happening. It's not like people weren't mm-hmm. talking about it. So I think that that's, I think what happens when people start being like, oh, you're trying to be woke and stuff is like, no, it's just now people are resisting not talking about it. When like there were gay people in 2002, there were yep. gay people that you just maybe didn't talk about it. And not that it wouldn't have been appropriate to talk about it back then, but it's just, it's just like people are like, oh, there's more gay people than ever now. And it's like, no, <laughs> there's more out people than ever now. It's yeah. That weird perspective that happens where, yeah, which I, which I think maybe people were saying about this book. But she also talks about so many things like how Sadie is Jewish, mm-hmm. Sam is Korean, and now we know she is Jewish and Korean. Yeah. And so it's interesting that she pulled that in, and then she had um, Mark's, he was Japanese. And so- But Korean in Japan, I believe. Oh, was he? Like, like he lived in Japan, but I think his like ancestry, his is, ancestry Korean. is Korean. Yeah. I just remember they went to Tokyo and visited his family, but yeah. Yeah. But I thought those were interesting storylines that they had in there. Like important stuff that Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed like the mix of like the social discourse, I guess, into it. And it wasn't super tacky. No, like but, it, wasn't- or it wasn't tacky at all. Like I I don't think it was it was really well done. Yeah. I love the writing. The writing was phenomenal. The the yeah, way writing constructed amazing. Yeah. So- the way everything was put together. Did you think of a favorite part of the book? There's a part of the book, there was a chapter where you're in the video game. And I don't I don't necessarily think like, oh, it was my favorite part, but it was a very memorable part. Like it's a part that I still think about. And it's mostly just the fact that like she was able to write that. Like I thought it was really well written. And especially someone mm-hmm. who isn't well versed in video games. I thought that was a very cool chapter. Not necessarily a favorite part, but definitely like, yeah, a memorable part. I really liked that. Like at first I was like, okay, I'm kind of confused to what's happening here. Cause it doesn't say like, we're in a video game now. It kind of like goes into this like world. I yeah. was like, oh, this is actually really lovely. And I love how it was a video game that Sam made so that Sadie would play it and kind of reconnect with him because she was grieving Mark's like really bad, like because oh my gosh this is another sad part sadie had just found she out she was pregnant oh yes when mark's yeah. like gets shot. like literally like the the same moment essentially yes. in the book yeah that's also like a really sad part because then you're like oh but i think that actually creates such a perfect like family dynamic in a sense where sadie sadie and sam have such a beautiful relationship and even at the end I guess this is one of my favorite parts at the end when they're kind of talking about like, why didn't we ever date? Like, mm-hmm. why did that never happen? And I believe Sadie says like, Sam, our relationship is more than that. It's it's not a romantic relationship. It's so different. Like, this is not a relationship that you have with people like this is like a once one in a million type of relationship where you can be so close with someone and it's not even like platonic love. It's like, we, I feel like we don't even have an English word for it. No, we don't have a word. No. No. Like you can't even explain. It's almost like family, but not as a spouse, but not as a brother or a sister. Yeah. And I think it's cool because you can just think of like maybe when the book ends, Sam is going to be a father figure to um, Sadie's, I believe mm-hmm. her name's Naomi, Sadie's daughter. And uh, I just, but I think, okay, this is my actual favorite part though. <laughs> okay so when they're young so when Sadie and Sam are young they always go to Sam's grandparents pizza restaurant yes and they're like a Korean old Korean I shouldn't say old but it's Sam's grandparents who are Korean yeah and they've had to differentiate their restaurant from everyone else's because they live in Koreatown in LA so everyone owns a Korean restaurant there's many Korean restaurants so what they've decided to do is convert the restaurant to a pizza pizza parlor yeah and one thing they had in the restaurant was like a donkey kong video game machine yeah fast forward to the end of the book they they were always playing donkey kong when they were younger and that was like something that was very nostalgic of this pizza place with sam's grandparents but then at the end when sam's grandparents or grandpa becomes ill Mm -hmm. and then eventually passes away he leaves the donkey kong machine in the will for sadie (sighs) And we leave it for Sadie. Oh my I, god, I was crying. 
Yeah, that was really cute. <laughs> I was like, but that's another thing that like, I think the author did such a good job of because that's such a little detail. Mm -hmm. you think it's like oh this is just another video game they're playing that's whatever they played so many video games but uh, I don't know that was like such a cute little detail and I'm like that's so special yeah it just like brought it really full circle Mm -hmm. yeah it was very cute yeah I this book was so good I I think it's a book that I'm gonna read again not anytime soon maybe but I think later on in life I'll want to read it again because it reminded me it reminded me of a little life I feel like I said this in an in another podcast because of just how well the relationships were developed and Mm -hmm. the characters but yeah I loved it I know I loved it too it was really good it was really good. Yeah. I, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad we're doing this podcast because looking, mm-hmm. I think that especially when you read a lot, you kind of don't look back on the book. And now that we're talking about it, like made me, makes me appreciate it even more. Yeah. I, mean, I feel no, that way about all the other episodes we've done, but I just feel like I am able to appreciate and like things that you were talking about, I didn't necessarily take away, but now I'm thinking about it. So it's cool. Yeah. No, I agree. Because I, yeah, before we even started the podcast, I was like, I kind of forget what the book's about <laughs> now that we're talking. It helps a lot. Yeah, and, it does help a lot. But that's why it's good to reflect on books that you've read because sometimes you can go back and be like, oh, I really did hate that book. Or then you could be like, you know what? I actually really love that book. So and yeah. Pretty. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. I, as I said, I need to buy a copy before it turns into like, you know when they like have a movie for a book and then they put the Oh, that is yeah. the actual worst thing. I know. I almost started the Hunger Games audiobook the other day. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I can't bring myself to like go find a copy and like read it, but I might yeah. like start listening to it on my walk. My friends I also have been reading or listening to Harry Potter. Okay, yeah. So I kind of want to read that or listening. I love the Harry Potter audiobooks. They're so well done. I used to listen to those like, I don't know when this was. I think when I was still in school, maybe, but I was listening to them. I think I got to the fifth book. Mm. So I had, I invested a lot of hours in those, but the, the audiobook actor. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently there's two different voices, but like the one guy Mm -hmm. is preferred I guess so good like he's so good at all of the voices and it's funny because like of course if you've seen the movies which I'm pretty sure everyone under the sun has seen the movies yeah if you've at least read the book you've seen the movie but kind of like picture the character in your head but it's not exactly the actor I don't know because the voice is so well done yeah I'm waiting on Libby waiting on my I'm like 17 week wait for the first book or something so we'll see I actually read the first book I had to read it for a class I took in university it was like children's literature mm-hmm. I forgot the book like I f- I think I read it as a child but I for- completely forgot what happened in the book because I've seen the movie a million times but it was interesting to actually read it because it's quite different from the movie not quite different yeah. but there's a lot of differences I don't love the Harry Potter movies yeah as an adult I I loved them as a kid. I was obsessed. But when you rewatch them, you're like, oh, wow. Especially the first one. It's quite bad. They don't capture enough, I feel like. No. Oh, I saw a tweet by, it was like an article, and they were responding to something that Rupert Grint said. So Ron Weasley. Yeah. And I guess he mentioned that if they're going to remake Harry Potter, which I feel like people are thinking about remaking Harry Potter already. I know he's like it should be a tv show and not movies that's true yeah because I think you could make a really long series for Harry Potter and actually include a lot more detail of kind of like Game of Thrones maybe HBO should pick it up oh but I don't think they should remake it no I think it needs to just live where it does especially all the stuff with the author yeah it just and all the yeah I feel like they need to just like let people enjoy Harry Potter if they want and just don't bring it up anymore and they've made too many sequel prequel yeah I I haven't even watched those no me either I tried and I was like I I can't get into this because it's not Harry Potter yeah I haven't been able to get into them at all no No. it's not doesn't seem too interesting to me so yeah I think they should my opinion on this is leave Harry Potter as it is. 
leave Harry Potter alone. Yeah, leave him alone. And read tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Yes, read tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And then let us know what you think about it. Yeah. Because we've spoiled it for you and you've probably already read it. Hopefully hopefully we gave Yes, hopefully you've already read it, but if not, hopefully you want to read it now. Yeah, and send us an email or comment on our Instagram. Let us know what you thought of it. We would love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And of course, let us know if you want us to read any other books, any suggestions. We are always open to suggestions, reading and reviewing. Yes. Um, But yeah. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast with Kim and Liv. You can find us on Instagram at bestreadpodcast. Email us at bestreadpodcast at gmail.com. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bestreadpodcast. We would love your support. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.